Welcome to the Generations Church podcast. This is Brian Nugent, and I'm the pastor at Generations Church. Thanks for listening today. We hope this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. This morning, I'm going to preach on let's make a deal. Let's make a deal. I was reading this passage in, uh, in Numbers 32, and it, and it kind of made me think of this game show. So do you remember the game show now? It had an a earlier version with Monty Hall and later with Wayne Brady, you know, people dressing up in crazy costumes. But the concept of the, of the uh, game show was that the host would offer, you know, offer a deal and you could counter offer back to the original deal that the, that the host made. And that game show stayed on for years. I used to watch it when I was a kid. But the host would make an offer, and then you could make a choice or make a counter offer if you wanted to do that. And I just want to, just made me, when I was reading this passage, kind of made me uh, uh, remember that game show a little bit. So I want to tell you about a time that some people from the Bible, they made a deal or they made a counter offer Back to God. Now, we'll be there in just a second in Numbers uh, chapter 32, but let me kind of give you the backstory before we talk about the deal they offered God. So, the backstory is Moses, when he is very young, he is praying. Josh made reference to that this morning, and God speaks to him about the deliverance of the Hebrews and taking them to the land of Canaan. Remember the burning bush experience? Josh referenced it this morning. God said, Hey, I've heard the cries of my people. They've been in slavery for a long time. I want you to go take them from Pharaoh, and we're going to uh, go to the promised land. And, and, and the, it's Exodus chapter 3. It says, so I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out uh, of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. So Moses, he hears this from the Lord, this promise from the Lord, and he goes back and he tells the Hebrews, listen, God's got a plan for you to be released out of slavery. And man, he's just not going to release you, but he's got a place that he wants you to go. And he said, the Lord even called it a land that flows with milk and honey. So, you know the story of the plagues and Pharaoh. So after 400 long years, the backstory, 400 long years of slavery, they are delivered from Pharaoh and they start this journey to the promised land. So as they leave... They are divided into tribes, okay? There's six million people, so they divided them into tribes. And the division of these tribes were, the, were based on the descendants of Jacob. So there were like 12 tribes. So they leave, six million of them, they, they leave. And man, they, unbelievable experience. I mean, within a few days, they see that they experience the Red Sea. They see God's deliverance. Not long after that, up on Sinai, they see, they see God's glory and God's presence. You remember the story? Moses comes down with the, the tablets, the Ten Commandments. They saw miracles. They saw the water from the rock. They saw the fire by night. They saw the cloud by day as it led them through the wilderness and the desert. They saw manna. Uh, every morning they saw quail. They experienced the Sabbaths together, the different uh, spiritual celebrations. Wow. But also, as part of that, 
man, there was heat. Man, they were in the they were in the Middle Eastern, you know, in the Mediterranean. If you've been to the Holy Land, man, you know, man, it's hot. They were in the desert, and it's sand, plenty of sand, sand everywhere. So those of you that like to go to the beach and you spend a day at the beach, as soon as you get off the beach, what's the first thing you want to do? You want to wash off. You want to get that sand. Well, listen, this was this was a forty year, you know, day at the beach. I mean, you never got rid of sand. It was it was everywhere. It was anywhere, you know, and you never could, you know, never get rid of it. Plus, those of you that like to camp, this is the ultimate camp out. It's for 40 years you're camping, you're moving with six million of your closest friends and livestock. Let me just, that's a whole different part of the camp experience. So they would stay for a period of time and then they would move six million people. And wow, just, I I have no idea what that's like. But along the way, man, there were wars, there were battles, there were conquests when they were attacked. They had their own rebellions against God and against the leadership, backsliding, even to the point, it came to a point that the Lord said, that's it, you're not going into Canaan. This generation's going to have to die out. You, you've cost yourself. So, man, it, they, they were released to go to this promised land, but, you know, it was a difficult journey. But also looming in the back of their minds was this promised land, okay? The promised land. Land, 7,500 square miles, okay? Eventually with no war, peace on every hand. A permanent place to live. No more moving around. With abundant land for farming and a place to worship. Just sounding to them a little like heaven sounds to us, this promised land. Even in their travels... They came to a point one time that they were so close that Moses said, do you remember this story? I'm going to send some spies in. Let's just see what this land is all about. So remember they sent the spies to take a look. Remember the story? And they came back. Two of them, Joshua and Caleb, said, wow, look at these grapes. Look at these pomegranates. Man, there's nothing like it that we've ever seen before. This is an unbelievable land. But they also said, now this land is filled with Canaanites. So... You know, we're going to have to, you know, kind of fight our way through it. But man, look at, look at the potential of this, of this promised land. And then there were those, remember the story that said, no, we don't want to do that. We don't want to go. We don't want to fight. We, we would just rather stay right where we're at. So the story picks up. Moses, you know, the 40 years is over. Moses is dead. Joshua is now in charge. And they are right up on the border, the Jordan River, the border of this promised land. And Joshua says, get yourselves ready because in three days we are, we are crossing over into the promised land. So listen, have you ever had a promise from God? Have you ever had a promise from God? Something that God spoke to you in your heart or from Scripture Can I just encourage you today, hold on to that promise. Hold on to that promise. You see, trusting in a promise, the promise is based on the promise maker, the track record uh, of of the promise maker. And I want to tell you, with God, man... He's been, he's been keeping his promises for a long time. It's not like your kids. You know, your kids, they ever go, 
Mom, if you'll let me go here, Dad, if you'll let me go here, I'll clean my room when I get back. I promise. Okay? Maybe they don't have the best track record when it comes to their promises, but I want to tell you, the Lord is different. Okay? When He gives you a promise, He's going to carry through on that promise. He spoke to Moses and He said, I'm going to deliver these people which that was an unbelievable miracle within itself. He said, but they're not just going to be nomads in the desert. I have a land I'm going to send for them. So I just want to remind you, if you've got a promise, hold to it. Second Corinthians says, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through Him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. So that amen is when we see those promises, that amen is like saying, so be it. They're yes in Christ. When you see those promises, they are yes in Christ. And then we say, amen, so be it, to, that, to those promises. So if you've got a promise you're holding on to, man, don't, don't, don't give up. So it says in three days, in three days, we're headed, we're headed to Canaan, okay? So... <clears throat> That people are preparing themselves, they're ready to walk into this promised land. But there's a couple of tribes, the tribes of Reuben and Gad. They're not, they're not really feeling it. They're not really, you know, they're not really excited about it. They're not really, you know, really wanting to go. So the leaders of Reuben and Gad, they get together and they, they go to Moses and they have a deal. They give a, present a counter offer to Moses then instead of going over into uh, to Canaan, they would just stay on the land on the east side of the Jordan. Let's, let's look at this passage, number 30, Numbers 32. We'll start reading at verse 1. It says, The Reubenites and the Gadites, who had very large herds, saw that the lands of Jazer and Gilead were suitable for livestock. So they came to Moses and Eleazar the priest and to the leaders into the community and said, The land the Lord subdued before the people of Israel are suitable for livestock. And your servants have livestock. If we found favor, they said, let this land be given to your servants as our possessions. Do not make us cross the Jordan. Okay? So that's the counteroffer. Just let us stay. Give us this land. We'll forfeit what's over in Canaan. We just want to stay right here. Now, you can read the whole story in Numbers 32 because Moses' response is kind of lengthy, and I'll just summarize it here. Moses, number one, he didn't like the offer. He didn't like the deal that they were, that they were giving him. Number one, he felt like they were running out on the others. They had been this tribe together. They had kind of fought their way to this point, and he felt like you know, they were just kind of leaving them behind and running out on the others. He also felt like they were turning their backs on God and on God's promises. He did not like that. And then he also points something else out. He said, you know what? It was your fathers that stood on the brink of Canaan back with Joshua and Caleb. It was your fathers. And your fathers are the one that said, no, don't go over. He makes that connection. Don't, you're, it was your fathers and, and, and grandfathers that said, don't go into the promised land back with Joshua. And he said, man, that same spirit, that same spirit of just settling, man, is in you. And Moses didn't like it at all, okay? 
But he accepted, he accepted the deal. Verse 33, it says, Then Moses gave the Gadites and the Reubenites and the half tribe of Manasseh, the son of Joseph, the kingdom of Shihon, the king of the Amorites, and the kingdom of Og, of uh, the king of Bashan, and the whole land with the cities and the territories around them. So look at the environment of the land that he says you can have. Now, why would they do this? Why, why, why would they do this? Why would they make this particular request? Why would they, you know, why would they offer this? Well, let's walk through maybe just some of the reasons why they would choose to stay, you know, on the east side and not go into Canaan. Let's just say maybe they were impatient. Maybe they were impatient. They settled for a good plan and not a God plan, okay? Was there not the promise of God, the land that flows with milk and honey? They didn't even see it. They didn't even give it a chance. Didn't even walk into that promise. Not one, not one foot. You know, they, 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 didn't, they didn't walk into that promise. And I just want to tell you, you can, you, can, you can tell from Moses, this certainly wasn't God's plan for them. This certainly was not God's will. But let's talk about patience for a moment. Patience is the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, and suffering without getting upset or changing your course of action, okay? So patience, when, when you get upset about something, man, it's bothering you or it's slowing down. Patience is the ability to be able to, you know, to handle that particular moment without just losing it emotionally or making a quick decision, changing course, you know. So there are things in our life that bother us, that make us upset. There are things in our life that delay, you know, kind of what we, you know, what we want to do. And we focus only on removing what is bothering us or removing the delay, you know, instead of looking at the big picture of what God may be saying in our you know, in our life. So, man, they're, they're settling here. They're impatient. That we want this right now. Being, being impatient keeps you from seeing the other options down the road. Being impatient keeps you from seeing the other options down the road. So when you make a quick decision on something, you don't know what else God may bring, what other doors may be on the horizon, what other options may God God may unfold to you. You don't, you don't even see that because we're short-sighted. I don't know if you've seen this little, these little videos on these uh, kids with their marshmallows or M&Ms, and, and it just teaches us a lesson about patience. I have a couple of those I want you to see. All right, here are your marshmallows. But hey, don't eat them yet, okay? Don't eat them yet. Mama's going to be right back. Wait till I get back. Don't eat them, okay? Okay, don't eat them. I'll be right back.
Alright, Posey, look. I have three M&Ms right here. I'm gonna leave the room. If you don't eat them whenever I get back, then I'll give you five M&Ms. Sounds like a good deal? You can't touch them either. And you're not supposed to eat them until I get back. And I'll give you five. Posey, you just ate all of them. You gotta... You're, you're supposed to wait until I... Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're all gone. Okay. Now, who are we like? We're, we're like the second one, right? I mean, we're very, very little tolerance for, you know, delay or something that bothers. We're, we're impatient at all. And that's why Paul said that, that this is an important quality to have. He said, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. It's such an important quality to have. Listen, that in the season of suffering, in the season of question, we need patience. We don't need to be making quick, you know, quick answers or or answers that will just try to get rid of an uncomfortable season that we are walking through. But despite whatever God wanted for them, they chose the immediate rather than the delayed blessing. They had no idea what they were trading off. But they wanted something right now. And we do that sometimes. Sometimes we're in relationships and we sense trouble. And we just we would rather have the troubled relationship now rather than maybe see what God would bring about, you know, in the future or with our jobs. We just make decisions about now and 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 never know what doors may God may open, you know, in the future or just for, for our God's plan for our, our lives. Sometimes we make short-sighted answers and or, or short-sighted decisions, and we have no idea of what God may want to bring in the future. So they settle for good instead of what God had for them. And I just want to say that some of you, you are you are planting on the east side. God has something for you, He's made a promise. For you, don't settle in that promise at all. So, so maybe maybe they were impatient. They settled for for God, for a good plan instead of a God plan. Let's look at something else. Maybe they were tired from the journey in the desert. Maybe they were tired. I mean, forty years. Most of them, forty years. Some of them were younger. But wow, uh, we we learn from the military. It's a term. It's called battle fatigue. It is a military term. For the stress of battle involving fatigue, slowed reaction time, or indecision. So they found this in soldiers. When they've been in war for a long period of time and they've just been, been battling, man, they were, they were tired. They were just physically tired, emotionally drained. And they noticed some of the, the, the results of that were you know, just a slowed reaction time when they had to make decisions or, or indecisions. And listen, we get it. You know, we, we understand. We've all kind of walked through those seasons and we're kind of, maybe everybody's walking through one of those now. But the thoughts of the comfort of Canaan were outweighed by the thoughts of the conquest. They had this promise of God. Listen, if you can make it over and, and, and just keep going a little while longer, man, you'll, you'll be at peace. Man, you'll have a land that flows with milk and honey but they just thought about the, what, what Moses said about all of those Canaanites that were in there and the energy that they would have to expend. And man, it's going to be 
tough. And I don't know that I, that I have it in the tank at all. So the thought of the comfort of Canaan were outweighed by the conquest, the thoughts of the conquest. And they were forced to make a decision. He said, you've got three days. We're leaving in three days. So, man, they had to make a quick decision. And sometimes your fatigue, sometimes when you are empty in your heart, man, indecision or just just punting. I would just rather stay. I would just rather stay right here than, than you know, than because I, I don't have the energy to move forward. So I just want to remind you of something. And you know this. You know this. Never make a life-altering decision when you're tired. Never make a life-altering decision when you're tired. You know what? Exhaustion can keep you from God's plan. If they, if they chose not to go over just because they were tired, they were tired of fighting. And listen, we understand that. I mean, we, that, we understand that, that season. Man, then they've made a wrong decision. Never make a life-altering decision when you're exhausted or, 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 or you're tired. Now, let me just say, too, man, we've been in this COVID virus thing, I mean, four or five months, and there's a lot going. Can I just say... Who's not exhausted? Who's, who's, not, who's not tired? I, I'm, I'm more exhausted than I've ever been. It's like you write new rules for church operation every three weeks. I mean, I'm just tired. And I, I, I think I speak for, you know, a lot of us. Because when you deal with uncertainty and you deal with fear and you deal with anxiety and you turn on the news and it's just depressing and you know we we tried to go on vacation we had to cancel our vacation and our vacation was in the wonderful city of Tallahassee okay I love my city but it was not what I had planned you know for my vacation and man everybody's just kind of walking in this season of just of just exhaustion. We got school coming up. God bless. And I'm praying for administrators and principals and teachers and parents and students. I mean, what a what an exhausting time for, for all of them. And maybe we're all maybe just fatigued and we're just tired. But can I give you this promise? Can I give you this promise from the Lord? Matthew 11 says, Come unto me, come to me, you all who are weary and are burdened, and I'll give you rest, okay? I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls, okay? You'll find rest from your souls. So this passage, you you get the tone of a caring shepherd speaking to worn-out sheep. To me, this passage sounds a lot like the 23rd Psalm. Come and let me lie down in green pastures. Let me lead you beside still waters. And what else did he say? Let me restore your soul. Look at Matthew 11. You can find rest for your souls. And listen, we're going in a season of of fatigue right now. And man, the tank's been empty for a long time. Who knows when this will end? But I just want to say for you, when we're in that season, we've got to watch decision-making when we are tired because sometimes 
man, that fatigue can keep us from God's blessing. That fatigue and being tired can keep us from, man, just man, pressing on into the promise, you know, into the promise of God. So I just want to remind you of this. He wants to give you rest. He wants to restore your soul. Isaiah 40 says, those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. At the end of this service, man, we're going to pray for God's strength and God's blessing on everyone. But they might have made a decision, a short-sighted decision, based on the fact they were just tired. They were just exhausted. They just couldn't go another step. They felt, they felt like into God's promise. Last part, last part. Why, why, why would they have chosen to do this? Well, they chose a place of physical separation and spiritual isolation. Okay, They chose a place of physical separation and spiritual isolation. See, God's original plan, everybody goes in to Canaan. Everybody's living there. They are living in proximity to each other. Even though it's a large number, they're living in proximity to each other so that they could live and worship together. They're living close together to protect each other from invading armies. Okay? They had each other's, they had each other's backs. And to be insulated from the evil influence of the pagan nations that were all around them. So that was, I mean, there, there were good reasons, logical reasons behind the Lord's plan, but they intentionally made this choice. They intentionally made this choice to stay and not. Not to go with the others. They chose to be away from the tabernacle and in God's presence. That tabernacle was going to be in the center. It was the center of worship. It was the presence of God. And they chose to be separated from that. I want to tell you, some people make this slow, this choice of slow separation from the church and its people. Some God and the church is just a fallback for when things fall apart. They've kind of removed themselves uh, from that. Let me say too, there are many that, that because of legitimate health reasons and concerns, man, you haven't been able to come to church, but I want to tell you, you know, you can't help sometimes physical separation, but you can help isolation. Man, you know, engage when we're online. Message some people. When we start small groups back in a few months, make sure you're in a small group. If you can serve in any way, serve. If you've got kids, get them in the service or make sure they're watching online. If you've got students and college students, get them here or let them, let them watch online. This is not a time, you know, for, for isolation and, and, and separation. If, you're, if you can only watch online as much as possible, try to come at 10 a.m., and let's worship as a community. Let's, let's, let's do this together. No one should be trying to serve God solo right now. It's not that moment. It's not that moment. They chose separation and isolation. Okay? They were also vulnerable to attack. Do you remember when Moses said, okay, here's the land. You can have it. But there's some Assyrian kings that are living close by. And do you know what? They chose, they made that decision, and within 30 years, they were captive. <laughs> they, they had been carried away to, a, to Assyria and served as slaves. They made this choice, and it seemed good. But man, 
you know, now they were open to physical attack and they were attacked and they were carried off to Assyria where they served in, as slaves for, for, for many, many years. They chose that. They chose, you know, to be around the influence of the culture. They weren't living in Canaan where the worship of God Jehovah was there to strengthen man. They, they hung around over in the eastern part where the, the, the culture, you know, the religious culture was completely, uh, the religious culture was completely different and they were influenced by that, okay? Can I just tell you, you got to be careful when you separate and you isolate. You know, you find yourself, you start hanging around people that you shouldn't hang around, all right? You start going to places that you shouldn't go, but sometimes we're not, we're not around the church, and especially now, we're not able to do what we normally do, so you find yourself in separation and isolation, and what happens is you see this slow drift away from, from God and, and God's Word and, and living, from God, living for God and the people of God, but some people intentionally do that. So they can make their own decisions, do their own things. They don't have anybody in their life bothering them, you know, uh, trying to, you know, trying to uh, contact or connect them. So some people do that. And I'm telling you, you place yourself, you place yourself in danger. You know, last year we, we took a team to South Africa and it was a wonderful experience we built a you know we built a church over there and it was an amazing experience I think we had 18 20 something like that that were uh, that were on the team and man we loved it we built a church in a very impoverished uh, area they've got some pictures they'll uh, they'll they'll show and but one part of one part of the the trip that we loved was that at the end of it we got to take a safari I mean, that was the most unusual thing that I'd ever done. And we climbed up, you know, into these, uh, you know, into these open-air vehicles. And, you know, uh, I, I was sitting on the outside. And, um, you know, and, and the guide said, hey, you may want to put on your seatbelt. And I said, well, we're not going to be going that fast. So I just wasn't going to put my seatbelt on. He said, no, it's not for the speed of the vehicle. It's when we go into close quarters in the jungle that animals won't pull you out of the car. Well, I, I buckled my seatbelt really, really quick. I hadn't even thought about that, but we were in the wild. We, we were in the wild. Now, it was a, you know, I mean, it was a protected area, but I mean, it was 40, 50,000 acres, and I mean, it was, it was in, it was in the wild. And while we're, while we're just going through that, man, it was just a season. And, and, and the guide, he had his gun, you know, but it was just, a, it was just an unusual kind of, uh, kind of feeling as we were in kind of somebody else's uh, territory there. And, and he got on the radio after a while, and he said, hey, man, there's been a fresh kill. He said, uh, so we drove as close as we could, and animals, he said, the animals there, they're, their senses are heightened because they smell the kill, and there were birds all in the, they were all in the air. He said, "We just need to to watch." But you know something, and he just talked about the, the the way that they it happens in the wild that they they get some you know an animal or whatever, and they separate it for whatever reason, and they kill it. And he said, "You need to be on your uh, on your guard because there's a fresh kill, and it's just different out here today." Wow, wow, worship team, you guys can come. And then he. And then they took us, he took us to a lake, and there were, there were hippopotamus there. And they were, they were in the water, and so he asked the question, he said, hey, what's the most dangerous 
animal in the wild. Well, you know, we, we've seen Disney. We've seen Lion King. You know, so lions, you know, tigers, cheetahs. He said, no, no, it's the hippopotamus. And I, I was stunned at that. You, know, you mean like hungry, hungry hippo? You know, like the friendly hippopotamus that you give to your, you know, to your kids? He was like, no, no. He's the most dangerous animal out here because people underestimate his size and his speed. So we're pulling up and we're watching, you know, we're seeing, and what you can't see is there's two or three other hippopotamus out there. And, and we're, we're in our, we're in our uh, vehicle. And, you know, that hippopotamus that you see slowly started coming up toward us. So he made us be quiet. He said, shh, don't move. I don't want anybody to talk. And let me tell you, our mind was quiet. We didn't say anything. He even put it in reverse. He said, if he takes one more step, we're out of here. I'm like, are you serious? A hippopotamus? And then we were in two vehicles. Over in the other vehicle, I hear a commotion. All right? John Garner, he falls out of the vehicle. He's on the ground. I have no idea what they were doing. Did I go rescue him as his shepherd and pastor? Absolutely not. I mean, we're in the hippo zone. But I want to say, I don't know what made John fall out, but I've never seen him move so fast in my whole life. He got back up. Hey, we, we drove, you know, we, we slowly backed out as those hippos were, you know, kind of approaching. And we, we went on the way. And it was an unbelievable day. It was an unbelievable experience. But, you know, like, that's what I want to say. When you place yourself intentionally, in separation and isolation. When church is really not part of what you do, you're not even attempting to be in relationship with people. And I realize it's a different world right now. I, I do realize that. But there are ways to stay connected in a really, in a really difficult time. And they made that choice and they paid a hard price because of that choice with servitude, you know, in slavery. So I this morning, we can learn a lot from this story. Man, they settled, and it cost them. They, but but the, the sad part is they never walked into that promise. They never knew, man, what that was like, the land that flows with milk and honey. They never knew what it was like on the Sabbath day when everyone would gather around that tabernacle, that old, that old tent of sheepskin, Man, and the presence of God would fall and people would worship on the Sabbath. They never knew. They never knew because they never took a step over. And there may be different reasons. Maybe it was impatience and just settling. Maybe it was just fatigue. Maybe they just intentionally said, hey, we're just going to stay, stay right over here, whatever happens. But I want you to know, I want you to know, and I just want to encourage you. If there's a promise, don't give up on it. If you've got a promise in your life from the Scripture, don't give up on it. Don't settle. Don't quit. Patience is about holding and staying true in the midst of a time that you were uncomfortable with. That's just, it's patience. But I want to remind you, Psalms 145, because trusting a promise has to do with the character and the track record of that one, of the one making the promise. The Lord is trustworthy in all His promises, in all of His promises, and faithful 
in all he does. That's what the psalmist said. And I want you to rest in that. I want you to know God's not going to let you drown in this moment. It's a season when we're all tired, when we're not sure. There's so much uncertainty. But listen to me, generations. Church, listen to me. If you're kind of walking through this season, God's not going to let you drown. God's not going to let you go. He's going to grab your hand. Man, He is a promise maker and He is a promise keeper. He's going to bring us through this. I promise you that. He's going to bring you through. Don't give up. Don't settle. Don't do that. Don't do that. If you're impatient, wait on God. Wait on God. Don't let your momentary pause cause you to miss God's big plan. If you're tired, weary, worn out, hey, that's me. I'm going to pray for everybody. I'm going to pray for everybody in this, in this time. If you're isolated, separated, maybe bad decisions, bad choices, you know what? You come back. You, you look back and, man, you might have made some decisions and choices away from the Lord, okay? But I just want to say to you, come back. Come back. Those aren't decisions that you can't ask forgiveness, that God can't find a way to get you over, to get you over in the promised land. If you're away from God this morning, today can be your day. Maybe you did make some choices in your life that were intentionally away from the Lord, just like these folks did. But that doesn't have to be permanent. There's a cross that, that offers a second chance. There's a, 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 a chance for the author of your faith to write a different chapter in your life if you'll just give him that opportunity. Come back to the Lord this morning. Come back to God. Come back to His grace. Walk back in to the promise that He made you a long time ago. I'm praying today for some to have a breakthrough. Some have been waiting for a long time. Lord, uh, sometimes we see you as a promise maker that's slow, a promise keeper that's slow, but Lord, you're a promise keeper that's right on time. So Lord, I pray, I pray for those who feel a little impatient in the moment. Lord, those who may consider making decisions of just settling for what they can grab now instead of waiting on the full promise of God to work its way out, I pray for patience. You say, clothe yourself in patience. So, Lord, I pray. I pray for the patience of the Lord, the fruit of the Holy Spirit of patience, Lord, to surface in our heart, Lord, so that we won't make a decision today, Lord, that will keep us out of the full promise of God tomorrow. So I pray for those who have, who have decisions to make. Maybe they're just a little impatient there. Lord, I pray over that. I pray. I pray for all who are tired and weary and worn out. Can I pray for all of you in that area, all of us today? So Lord, I pray. I just pray today. You say, come to me, all of you that are weary and heavy laden, worn down. He said, I'll give you rest. Can we just take a moment and just Receive that rest from the Lord, that presence of God. Lord, we pray for that strength. We pray. Come on, press into that for a moment. Some of you need this this morning. You need this next 60 seconds. Some of you are tired. You're worn out. You're snapping at others. Your, your personalities change because of fatigue. So, Lord, I pray. I pray for the comfort of the Lord. I pray for the rest of the Lord. I pray. 
that you would restore. Lord, your word says that you want us to lie down in green pastures. You lead us beside still waters so that you can restore our soul. And I pray for that soul restoration this morning, Lord. I pray, God, that you would speak to our hearts. Lord, I pray that you would give us strength, unusual unusual strength. Lord, we don't want to make poor decisions because of fatigue. Lord, I pray over that today. Lord, give us rest for our souls. Give us rest. Lord, give us strength. Lord, give us rest when we sleep at night. Give us rest when we sleep at night. Lord, I pray. I pray. Lord, I pray for those who are isolated, separated for whatever reason, bad decisions, bad choices today. Lord, I pray. Lord, I pray that they'll come back. And if that's you today, walked away from God, you made some poor choices, haven't done everything right, hey, welcome to the club. Welcome to the club. I'm going to pray a prayer. They're going to put it on the screen. Wherever you're at, whatever you whatever your spiritual life is. And we just pray that for me this morning. It says, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. And I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and I invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. It's just that simple. So if you've made mistakes, made poor choices, you know, live in regret, hey, man, we've all kind of been there. But today's your day to turn that page. If that's you and you prayed that prayer, man, would you just message me on Facebook, send me an email, comment to the moderators, just go, hey, I prayed this prayer. Give a thumbs up to, to that prayer. We'll be in touch with you. You know, send us an email, infogctlh.org. Hey, I want you to know we love you. We, we, we love you can't wait to next week when some of us can gather together looking forward uh, looking forward to that but let's let's don't be those that settle man let's hold to that promise and let God he's got some promises he wants us to walk into thank you for listening to the Generations Church podcast we hope you enjoyed the message today and pray God's greatest blessings on you For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter.